First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Frank Kerbin is on the line right now. He's the director of HR for the Business Council of New York and is on the line now. Frank, good morning. Good morning. So we're looking at um, we're we're looking at the most likely this week the legalization of recreational marijuana, and it'll be staggered in as, as uh, the next two years goes uh, goes forward. What does it mean for business? Well, it, what it means is we're going to be able to treat uh, cannabis like we treat alcohol. There was a lot of concern when this whole process started. Yep that uh, a lot of the language in the earlier bills was sort of creating a protected class for cannabis users. And employers didn't want that. We wanted to to treat cannabis just like the other legal intoxicant, alcohol, and be able to, uh, you know, make sure we have a work environment free from impaired employees. We don't care what you do on your own time, uh, but you can never be impaired uh, on the workplace for safety reasons, uh, for for productivity reasons. We just wanted to make sure the employer's rights were, were protected in that sense. How, how are we handling um, the issue of the, the fact that that uh, that marijuana is detectable in a person's system? What is it? Thirty days out? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, whereas that is not they're not the same with alcohol. You could have a drink the night before and you're perfectly fine to be working. But with cannabis, you there's in some places you're you you could be fired or suspended. If uh, there's a drug test done, how do you see that moving forward? Well, and, that, and that's really one of the core issues here is that the legalization effort has really gotten ahead of the technology. Yeah, We're all comfortable with breathalyzers and the .08 number and all that with alcohol, but there's no comparable technology or number for cannabis. And you're right. If, I, if someone were to use cannabis today, the metabolites can stay in your system for weeks. Um, the... And there was a lot of discussion about, well, let's, let's test for certain active ingredients of THC, uh, the hallucinogenic part of cannabis. Right, right. Um, and then it, gets, then it got too complicated. So what we were able to do was to say, you know, look, based on certain articulable symptoms, that's the phrase you'll see in the statute. Mm-hmm. That means as an employer, if I see you're slurring your speech, your, your physical dexterity is off, your, your demeanor is irrational or unusual, you know, I can step in without having to do testing and take adverse employment action if I need to, you know, get you the help you need, do some corrective action, or if you're putting someone else at risk, maybe you even yeah. terminate someone who's impaired yeah. on the job. Well, so let me ask you this. If, if I come in here drunk, they'll smell it on me. There'll mm-hmm. be some slurring of my words. Uh, if I came in here smoking a joint, I wouldn't necessarily slur my words. Uh, you probably would yeah. smell it on me, right? Pot's a very potent, potent smell. Uh, so l- let me ask you this: What what gets backed up? Let's say an employer observes somebody who that they they believe is high. Is it just the observation, or is that then followed up with a drug test? And then once you get to that point, you know, it, it's we we tested uh, your urine or your blood or your hair, and it, you did have marijuana in your system within the last thirty days. But then you say, well, you know what? It wasn't that Monday morning that you said I came in high. It was actually the Friday night before when I was on my own time, which would be legal. I mean, it would be on my own time mm-hmm. on my own property. I, I, do you understand what I'm what I'm outlining here? How do you yeah. how do you s- split hairs here? Yeah, you're right, and and you actually won't be able to smell cannabis because a lot of cannabis will be ingested through edibles and other mm, forms that's a good point too. going forward. So we won't have the smell necessarily to to help employers, and employers are going to have to get good at, at, at looking for signs of impairment. Once we know identify those signs of impairment, 
then you could, and, and we encourage employers to have a policy on this. What kind of drug-free workplace policy do you want to have? Get a policy, communicate it to employees, and let them know that if we observe impairment, um, we're going to be testing you. We'll be testing you for the active ingredients of THC, not for metabolite. Um, if you have a workplace accident, you're driving a forklift and you injure a coworker or, or create a lot of damage or you injure yourself, uh, you're likely to be tested. Um, you know, we want to make sure employees understand the policy of what you're going to do. But yeah, you can back this up on testing. What was important, though, was to give employers the flexibility. You know, not every employer has the ability uh, or wherewithal to have established testing protocols in place. Uh, we wanted to give employers the opportunity who, who want to have a drug-free workplace to be able to do so. And the, new, the language that ends up in the final bill here, we think, does that. Uh, what it did is it amended a, a labor law that was already in place that prevents discrimination based on your outside activities like uh, and your legal consumable products like alcohol and tobacco. And it just added cannabis to that list in a sense. Let me ask you this as well. There's so many jobs that if you applied for them today, you got to pass a drug test. And if you, if it, well, again, urine, blood, or hair, if there's marijuana in there, uh, you're not going to get the job. Um, how does that change going forward? Will, will that requirement that, I mean, you have to tr- pass a drug test, but no longer marijuana would would make you fail a test? And does that even include positions like, you know, like, for instance, DOT, you're operating mm-hmm. heavy equipment, you know, all National these different... National Grid, uh, truck exactly. drivers. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Can you yeah. talk about that? Yeah, cannabis is still illegal at the federal level. And there are jobs that are regulated by the Department of Transportation, by the uh, Energy Commission, by if you receive a federal grant, you have to have a drug-free workplace. So there are still going to be work environments where there is zero tolerance for the presence of cannabis. Uh, however, a lot of employers have dropped cannabis testing from their panel of drugs they test uh, pre-employment just because it's so common. You know, uh, it, 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 you know, prior to the recession and even now, New York has a workforce shortage. Um, it's hard for right, employers right. to get good employees and keep them. So a lot of employers were dropping the cannabis test from their panel of drugs uh, during drug testing. And when you um, and so now we see God. I was I was just saying, when you say uh, you know federal work requirements it requires that it's mm-hmm. a drug free I understand it's illegal federally and it's legal in New York state mm-hmm. I was going to use the example of tobacco which is a drug um but I, I guess that's that's not a good example because it is legal I mean meanwhile the meanwhile level. you could have you could have someone that is that is on uh, a depressant an antidepressant that uh, might be taking a little more than they should or they're on an antidepressant it has an effect on them I think we're we're in a cloudy area right now, mm-hmm. and and this legalization that is going on around the country is is probably going to make us like you guys have done right here, really trying to weed through all of this, no pun intended, um, and 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 kind of clarify and make it it fair, make it work for business, because as you say, in this world, if if we make the restrictions too difficult we're not going to have anybody that's willing to work anymore right i mean we're in it this is right. a and, and this is a, a we're in a time when we really have to go in and and this next few years is going to be something that uh that i i i think there's gonna be a lot of focus on making sure these rules work for employers employees and the safety of the public exactly and you know, that, that was our, our goal, was to 
some employers are going to want a strict drug-free workplace, right, right. either because it's required by federal law or by some grant. Other employers are going to be a little more lax, you know, uh, and, and a little more tolerant of use and the presence of impairment. Uh, but that should be an employer's choice. Albany tends to try uh, lately impose impose a lot of restrictions on employers, <laughs> taking yeah, away yeah. a lot of uh, choice right, that employers right. can make. We wanted to ensure that this was something that each employer could determine what was best for them. Yeah. It's a crazy world that we live in. Like, you could literally sure make a case for the guy or the woman that went out the night before, stayed out too late, drank too much, had a cloudy head the next day, a headache because of it, hangover, what have you, and is not a productive employee and may be a risk and it may not be as sharp. I mean, I, I, I know it sounds and, like I'm being ridiculous, but when you really think about it, we live in a, in a world of double standards, I think. And we combine this with New York State scaffold law. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. But yeah. New York has a law that says employers are 100% liable for any gravity-related injury in construction. Mm. It's the only state in the country, the only place in the world that has this law. You could have employees who come to work impaired, disregard all the safety equipment, uh, fall or, or have an injury at work as a result of that, yep, yep. and the employer is 100% liable. So, employer, you know, we have a, a real difficult situation for employers here already in New York State. We think this is a good idea, by the way, a good time to maybe look at the scaffold law yeah. and get some sort of comparative liability mm-hmm. in that. But, uh, yeah, employers are uh, under a crunch here in, in yep, determining yep. Uh, which of their employees are working safely. And at the end of the day, when you look at this, it just shows you how complex. It's not just as simple as saying we're legalizing, although many states have done that, um, how complex this is for uh, so many different industries and, and for uh, police officers, companies, et cetera. So um, I, I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how this progresses. What do uh, one final question. Do you have any idea? And I've been trying to read through this and I can't seem to come up with the answer. So if this gets uh, signed into law this week, um, what happens then? Does any part of it become legal? Does any part of, uh, uh, or is it going to take two years for this to to end up being enacted? Yeah, it's you're right. It's very confusing. It does say the act takes effect immediately. However, and then right. it lists a long list of sections that take effect at different dates. Yep. For example, uh, the labor law provisions we talked about are six months after the Cannabis Control Board has been appointed. So we don't know when that is, right? It could be appointed Friday. It could be appointed two months from now. Right. Um, so there, there are different provisions. Some of the tax provisions take effect April 1st, 2022. So it is an evolving process. We won't yep. know yep. until the the. the bureaucracy that the state is yep. setting up around the cannabis industry is established. My guess is the governor wants to get this, uh, these, the tax dollars rolling in as soon as possible. Uh, that seems to be the, uh, the message coming from the governor's office quickly, uh, Nagel with a, uh, with a question or comment here. Uh, Nagel, good morning. What's up, man? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Yeah. I know you want to pipe in on this. Yeah. Pipe in. Um, huh? You know, I, I just want to preface this by saying I do uh, I do know about the synergistic effects of uh, marijuana combined with other drugs and the danger of it. Uh, obviously, if you're drinking and uh, using marijuana at the same time, uh, the effects are going to be compounded uh, exponentially. Mm-hmm. It's right. not like uh, using them separately, and I, I think that's uh, that's a given. Um, but I also I can't help but laugh at the irony of uh, the fact that 
the, the difficulty in rolling this out is how to ascertain how inebriated somebody is because effects are so slight that they're almost immeasurable. So, you know, your experienced cannabis user is uh, going to be using and uh, probably the only indication that they're using is your suspicion of it. I, I, so, I want to I I stop you right there because I was going to bring that up. If, if you are a regular <laughs> smoker, uh, Frank, of, of, or a regular user of cannabis, uh, Nagel brings up a really good point. The, the effects are far less noticeable. In fact, you might, as he says, you might not even be able to notice it if you're an employer. Sure. And that's, I don't, I don't want to say that's fine because that's not, but my observations are going to say, well, he's operating machinery appropriately. Yep. He's following safety rules. His behavior isn't unusual or irrational. He's not putting someone else at risk. He's not disrupting the production process. Well, then I had no beef with them, right? I mean, to me as an employer, that's what I want from my employees. Yep. I want them to act and work safely and not put their coworkers at risk. That's great. If, you know, if you're able to do that um, and use cannabis as prescribed by the law, I mean, you can't use it before or on premises or during work hours. Uh, that's clear. But uh, if you're an expert cannabis user and you're yeah, able, if you can to hold your pot, things, go please. ahead. <laughs> and my guess is, uh, and actually the same, it's the same thing with alcohol. Yeah, um, I, I believe I saw me. him have six shots. He didn't even look drunk. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, now a police officer will say they can look in your eyes and they will tell you they 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 totally know. I'm not sure the same with uh, with pot. Nagel, you want anything else you want to add to that? Well, certainly, and I, I do believe that uh, employers naturally should have the, uh, the discretion. I, if you're operating heavy machinery or working in delicate situations where uh, cannabis use would be dangerous, obviously there needs to be protocols in place. But my, my question is, the slippery slope of this is, if the uh, effects of cannabis use are so imperceivable in certain people that the only, again, the only indication is your suspicion of use, um, that can be used against a person. Um, so say I am a heavy equipment operator and I use cannabis recreationally on my own time. Um, there is no current test to uh, prove. I shouldn't have to prove my innocence of using uh, or not using uh, on, the, on the job if there's no way to test for it. So I, I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of legal battles for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should somebody lose their job for using recreationally on their own time? Uh, until there is a definitive answer as to whether or not you're intoxicated in the workplace. So good luck to everybody out there. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right, Nagel, I'm going to hang up on you, and I just want to uh, have Frank comment on that. But then add in one more element of this is, uh, remember, it's still not legal federally. federally. Correct. That is a very Correct. important point here. Correct, and there are a lot of industries regulated by federal law in that in that regard. Yeah. But but he's right. I mean, we still litigate alcohol uh, cases in yep. human resource and labor law, right? I mean, uh, employees will come to work and someone gets fired, and they say, "I wasn't drunk; it just smelled from the night before." Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's, it's litigated. The law says we can't discriminate based on the legal use of cannabis, and you're right; that's always going to be subject to interpretation. Um, you know, and we we litigate everything in this country forever and ever, and I can imagine we'll be seeing a lot of that with cannabis going forward. All right, Frank, uh, I appreciate the time. It's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing rolls out. Um, it can roll out one way in Did places you use like another pun. 
<laughs> Sorry, I've, I, that's like my fifth, isn't it? Uh, it can, it can, we, we can watch it progress in places like uh, Colorado, but we're progressing in New York. We're special in New York. Very slowly. If we can find a way to, uh, to, to thicken the mud a little bit here, we're going to do it. Uh, okay. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Uh, I, I spent all my time trying not to use another cliche or another pun and uh, came up with thick in the mud. That's all I could come up with. <laughs> we'll thick in the mud around here. Well, you use rolling a couple times. Mm-hmm. You also yeah. use something about a pipe. There was pipe. Yeah. Pipe in. Yeah. Nagel wants to pipe in. <laughs> well, that's the pot calling the kettle marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> you know that old cliche. Oh, yeah. My favorite. All right. Got a break.